Hey, my name is Jonathan. I uh, have a new life in Christ, and um, I came to Regen and struggled with pride, fear, and codependency, but even before that, it was um, essentially um, pornography, masturbation, and infidelity. And so there's hope through Christ, and we're doing the series right now, Faces of Regeneration. I feel so loud. I just got to say that, but anyway, it's okay. Um, so tonight I am teaching on step four, which is inventory. And inventory is basically we, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And that goes with foundation four, which says, Behold, you delight in truth in the Edward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. And that's Psalm 51.6. When I first came to Regen and I saw that step, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. I mean, fearless? I just had no bucket for that. Uh, I didn't know how or who was going to help me do this fearless moral inventory because there was nothing that I did in my life at that time that wasn't somehow in some way hinged on fear or based in fear. And so as I was thinking about this teaching and I was thinking about the story and as I was reading through the story, I did something that I just hate to do, quite honestly, I came up with an acrostic, <laughs> and, and then I couldn't get it out of my head, so I, I just went with it. And, and so the question I really want to pose with this acrostic is how do we do an inventory fear less? How do we fear less going into this? And the reason why I came up with this acrostic is I was thinking, you know, we've, I've heard acrostics which are forget everything and run or face everything and recover, but I never heard one that just unpacks what fearless really should be in an inventory. And so in this acrostic, I'm basically it's found. So what we're going to find in, with the woman of the well is that Christ finds her. You know, Ezekiel, it says that he will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, build up the broken, and strengthen the sick. That he establishes her. He establishes who he is, and he establishes who she is. And in that, she has an even better picture of who he is. Um, she's advised. She's informed, instructed. He advises her. In Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will um, instruct thee and teach thee in the way which you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. Um, and then he redirects. And, and I think this is the most incredible thing about inventory, and, and it's something that, is, is not necessarily, it's like a result of inventory. She gets redirected, and you see her going out, this woman who is trying to avoid anybody seeing her get water, all of a sudden goes back and engages people with her story. Um, and so he uses us, and that comes right out of our inventory, which really is our testimony. And what is it that we do here almost every week but share our testimony? And so, first thing I want to do is set the stage because there's a lot that happened before this happened. And I, I just want you all to understand where we're at and what we're looking at. So, um, so the first question I'm going to answer is, what is Samaria? And a lot of people, you know, is it a foreign country? Is it next to, you know, Jerusalem and Israel? Well, the truth of the matter is, Samaria is, and the Samaritans 
were kind of mutts. And, and let me unpack that for a second. So way back in the day when God gave Israel the promised land, the 12 tribes came in and they came in and from Joshua to Judges, I'm going to cover the whole Old Testament. So just hang on. I'm going to try and do it in two minutes. Let's see if we can get there. So they come into Israel and they split it up into 12 tribes. Okay. And there's four basic periods. There's one period, which we call the period of the judges. And then there's three kings. You've got Saul, David, and Solomon. After Solomon, Solomon's son takes over and he is not a good ruler and he makes a bad mistake and the 12 tribes in the north say, we're done, and they split. So now you have Israel in the north, 10 tribes, Judah in the south, which is two, Israel in the, in the north eventually basically makes Samaria their capital. And Judah, which basically makes Jerusalem their capital. Some time passes. There's a lot of wicked kings in Israel. The Assyrians come in and basically take them away, and they only leave a remnant. That remnant is then populated by heathen nations that come in, and they basically intermingle and intermarry. By the time you get to Christ's time, you've got the Jews, which are basically centered in Jerusalem and some of Galilee, and then you've got Samaria, which is this region in the middle, which is essentially they're like a mixture of Jews and heathens. They've got their own temple. They've got their own form of worship. They believe the law, but they're just, they're just kind of in a no-man's land. As a matter of fact, the Romans considered them the same territory, but the Jews didn't. They considered them lesser than. They were lost. They, they were not to be tampered with. Jesus is just starting his ministry. He had just gone to Jerusalem. He had sacked the temple. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law have freaked out a little bit, and then he leaves after he has an interesting conversation with one of the Jewish leaders in chapter 3, and he's headed back to Galilee. So frankly, the Pharisees, they're relieved. He's going away. And as he's going back, he's cutting through this region called Samaria, and there he ends up at a well. And this is where we find him. Basically, he ends up at Jacob's well. It's about noon, according to most scholars, and he's weary. He's worn out. They've been traveling. The disciples go to get food. Jesus parks himself at this well, and he's sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour, about noon. So what happens? Well, what happens is the woman at the well is found. And let me unpack this a little bit. So this woman from Samaria, the Samaritan woman, comes to draw water. And as she's coming to draw water, Jesus asks, just point blank engages her and basically says, give me a drink. And she basically says to him, whoa, hold on, time out. Why are you asking me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. We don't have anything to do with each other. And he instantly twists the subject and he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking to give you a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And, and there's the hook. And it, it blows her mind. This starts a conversation. And so she's asking, what is this living water? How can you get it? You know, the well is very deep. Where do you get it? You know, and they start talking. And so a couple of things here I want to unpack. This woman was an outsider. 
you know, when I first came to Regen and I walked through these doors, man, I didn't feel like I belonged here. I didn't feel like I belonged in the church. I didn't feel like I belonged in, in this place. You know, I felt like an outsider. I felt like I was an outcast. I felt like I was a mutt. This woman was coming to draw water from a well in the middle of the day. I mean, normally people would do that in the morning. I mean, it's clear that she did not want to be seen. And there's a reason for that. And she doesn't know it, but she just met the guy who knows why she's coming to the well at this hour. We're about to see that in a second. But the bottom line is, is Christ finds her, he engages her, and he offers her something that to her sounds incredible. Living water. Christ offers her something more. He offers her water that produces life. He goes on to say, whoever drinks of the water that I'm going to give them, they'll never be thirsty again. The water I'm going to give them is going to go into them, and it's going to produce a well springing up to life. And she says, sir, please give me some, some of this water so I never have to come to this well again. I never have to come and drink again. When I came into Regen, I was ready for a different well. I was weary and tired and sick of drinking from the well that I was drinking from. And I really wanted something different. And the thing is, when you get to step four, you've already gone through step three. And the point is, is that Jesus has found you. He's found you if you're here. You know that he's here. And the next step is step four, and he's inviting you in. And he's inviting you into deeper relationship with him. And so that's the first principle that she's found. The next is the woman of the well is established. So Jesus turns it on her. As soon as she asks for the water, he says, go and get your husband. And I think this is where we're going to start getting into a little bit of inventory. So Jesus is about to do two things. He's about to establish who he is, and he's about to establish who she is. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right in saying you have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. So she says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet right after that, which I find amazing. (laughs) It's like... You're more than just a man. You're something different. I don't know what you are, but you are something different. Christ establishes with her, basically, I know who you are. And I'm about to tell you who I am, but I know who you are. Jesus already knew who she was. He knew what she'd done. He didn't even have to ask. He already knew everything. All he wanted her to do was acknowledge her need for him and acknowledge that who she was in front of him. And when we come to inventory, when I first did inventory, you know, I remember thinking to myself, God knows everything I did. I mean, he, he already knows everything about me. Why do I have to go through this exercise? And the truth of the matter is that he does. But as I do the process of inventory, something came out. I've got an incredible need for Christ a deeper need than I think I ever knew I had. I knew I had a need when I came in here, but when I started digging inventory and I started to see my pride, my fears, 
and my lust coming out on paper in black and white. And I started to see everything that I struggled with and everything just right there on paper. But then as I worked through it, I still saw that Christ loved me. He was still there for me. And that all these things I'm writing down, this is what he died for. He went to the cross knowing that I was going to be in a place and have to write all this stuff down, and yet he still died for me. It, it blew me away, and it made me realize just how incredible that sacrifice was and what it meant to me. Christ knows you. We're established in him. Uh, you know, if you have accepted step three, inventory, honestly, it just helps us acknowledge our deep need for Christ. And if anything, it just cements us in step three. And it really cements the fact that, man, we need him. We need a Savior. And he is that Savior. Next, the woman at the well is advised. Um, so they get into this very interesting conversation that I'm not going to go a lot into, but the bottom line is, is once she clues in that this guy might be a prophet, she thinks, hey, maybe he can settle a dispute that we've been having with the Jews for a very long time, and that's where do we worship. You know, we worship over there, they worship over there. Who's right? But out of this conversation comes a very interesting statement. She basically says, you know what? I know Messiah is coming, and you know what? When Messiah comes, he's going to let us know. He's going to let us know what's true or what's right, what's wrong. And Jesus makes, in my opinion, the coolest statement ever in this story, and he says, I who speak to you am he. He reveals himself fully to this woman, this Samaritan woman, who up to this point hasn't given him a drink of water, by the way, and doesn't even know his name. I mean, so her mind's probably blown a little bit. You know, Jesus has led her to the most important revelation he can lead any of us to about himself, and that is, I am he. I am he. And this changes everything. Inventory helps us just like it helped this woman, as Christ takes stock of her and who she is, her need for him, what she's done in her life, and who he is, all it does is it just increases her understanding of who he is and her need to be with him. Inventory for us does the same thing. We're advised of who Christ is, and our incredible, deep need for him. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you're sitting in front of a list, an inventory of everything you've done, I don't know about you, but I sat in front of that list, and I thought, I need a Savior. I need Christ. It better be him. And it is. And he's right here. And she, I mean, this is, for me, the part of the story that just is the most incredible because in here we get to talk about Jesus and here's this woman I don't think she even knows his name at this point and she's standing right in front of him so what's the last thing that happens so 
Just then his disciples come back, and I love this part of the story because, you know, after everything we've heard about Samaritans, you would think that what the disciples are going to do is be like, why is Jesus talking to a Samaritan? And there's a little side note I want to put on this story. That's not what they think. The first thing they think is, why is he talking to a woman? This was a very, very male-dominated society that we're talking about. So Christ is not only talking to a woman, but he's talking to a woman that, frankly, is in a position that, whether by some choices of her own, the truth of the matter is, she was put in that position to some degree by a lot of the men in that town, every man that divorced her, if you've read the story. And so that fact, I think, is even more amazing, is that he's engaging with someone that society says in that moment in time he shouldn't be engaging with. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Does anyone see the juxtaposition, the difference in this woman from when we started? When we started, she's sulking out by herself around noon when everyone else has already gotten their water from the well and she's coming to draw. And all of a sudden, she leaves her pot, it says in Scripture. It's, it's there. Jesus didn't get a drink. She sure didn't get any water. Okay? But she takes off back into town, and she's ringing a bell. And she's saying, hey, come and see this guy. I met this guy who told me everything, everything about myself. It's all on the table. Is this the Messiah? Could this be him? Everybody comes out to see. So we get the big reveal. The woman goes and uses her encounter with Christ to tell others. She speaks out of the context of what Christ revealed to her, her testimony of him and her testimony about herself. And this is the other incredible gift about inventory. Our testimony of what Christ has saved, saved us from what we find out in inventory becomes the greatest tool in telling others about Christ. You know, I could come up here and I could say, hey, I'm this really great guy. I, you know, never sinned my entire life. I just, I have no struggles. I know you guys do. And I feel for you. Christ is the answer. I'm telling you. I'm good, but y'all need Christ. It wouldn't go over very well. What we get to do is we get to come in here and say, hey, man, I was broken. Man, I, I had a marriage that I never thought I was going to have to an incredible woman, and I was unfaithful to her, and I buried it for five years. And I wasn't caught. I came to Regen and realized I was living a lie, and then I confessed it. That's my story. Now, I came to Regen, and I realized that I had a deep, deep, deep fear of man. And in that fear, I wouldn't lead well. I'd be scared to get up on the stage, and that's my story. I came to Regen, and I had so much guilt and shame that I really thought that even if God offered me salvation, that I'd be doing God a favor by rejecting it. And that's how prideful I was. I was so prideful that I would hear the gospel, and I would say, 
I'm going to reject it because I deserve punishment. And that's how I came to region. But the point is, is that God has used everything in my story, everything I've been through, everything he saved me from, the mistakes I still make today. I sent a text to my guys in the community group, and I asked them to pray for me because when I'm preparing for a teaching or when I'm going through a stressful time at work, I get attacked, and my mind will go to lustful thoughts, and I quickly take those thoughts captive, but I hate that. That's part of my story. I mean, that's who I am, and that's how I struggle. And the point is, is that our testimony is the thing that draws others to Christ. And it's the thing this woman goes back, who was trying to hide from the people in town, and she pulls others back. So, just some closing thoughts um, that I had as I was going through this. Christ never received a drink of water. I thought that several times in this. Yet when his disciples ask him, have you fed? His response is, I have food. And what's interesting, the woman came to draw water, and she never drew at least what we have in the story. She probably did eventually. But I can assume that water was not the first thing on our mind, and it's very clear that she did have a well in her springing up to new life. Because you read later in the passage that Christ stayed with those people for two days, witnessing to them. Um, She wanted water, but Christ gave her what she needed, a Savior. And honestly, a Savior is what we need. And a Savior is what inventory shows us we need. It shows us our need for a Savior. Um, What did you come for? Did you come for... Anger, depression, alcohol, pornography, overeating, codependency. What was it? You know, the truth of the matter is what you need is a Savior. What well are you wanting to draw from here? What, what do you think you need? You know, when I came in here, man, I just wanted to stop looking at pornography because it was a battle I was weary of. I was tired. I was worn out. And honestly, I thought I was going to hell. I mean, that's when I came in here, that's what I thought. I thought, I'm going to hell. The struggle's going to be with me forever. And I guess, you know, salvation didn't stick on me. But, you know, Christ, <laughs> you know, Christ came to me and said, you know what? I don't want to free you from pornography, Jonathan. I want you to have me. I am he and you were in me, and that's what I want you to have. Guys, that's all we get, and it's enough. It is so enough. And so if you're here tonight, and you're thinking, man, if I could just stop this battle, man, I feel you. I feel you. But let me tell you this. The battle goes on but Christ fights for us. So yield to him. Yield to him. That's what you need a Savior. Great. Now I can't see. Um, Inventory helps us to see who Christ is and our need for him. I mean, sometimes I've heard the thing about, you know, we do inventory and we see the the scale of our sin, the weight of our sin, and that's true. We do. We, We see that in inventory. 
we see what he died for on the cross, but man, what an incredible way for me to, to actually see how much I need Christ. That's why we do inventory. Not, we're not trying to put anyone on a guilt trip, man. We're trying to put everybody in the state of mind where it's like, I need him. I need him more than anything else. And finally, inventory is the beginning of our testimony. It's where we start. I mean, man, if you come here on Tuesday nights, you know that this is not what we do the majority of the time. We're not teaching the majority of the time. The majority of the time, we have leaders up here sharing their story. And the reason why is because it tells us their story of grace and it's the same story and over and over. It's, I was lost, I was found. Not only was I found, I was established in Christ. I was established with his precepts. On top of that, I was advised. I was advised by other Christ followers. I was advised by the Holy Spirit onto what the next steps to take were, who he was. And I was redirected. I was repurposed. I am a new creation because I'm not defined by my struggles anymore. I'm defined by my Savior. And the only reason why I can stand up here, here to you tonight and bear testimony to this is because he's given me a testimony to bear, and it's his. So just remember, and I think it's back up there, you're acquired by him. You're known by him. You're informed by Christ, and you're sent by him. And if, if anyone in here is in the middle of inventory or worried about inventory, or you've already been through inventory, I hope what you walk away knowing is that this is about Christ and it's about getting to know him better. And that's the tool that inventory is meant to do. So that's it. That's all I got.